Welcome to Bicycle Retail Radio, the bicycle industry podcast that brings retailers, vendors, advocates, and thought leaders to the mic for honest discussions about the latest issues facing retailers while taking an in-depth look at the person within the profession. Welcome to another episode of Bicycle Retail Radio produced by the National Bicycle Dealers Association. Specialty bicycle retailers are the heart of the cycling industry, and since 1946, the NBDA has existed to strengthen these businesses through education, research, communication, and advocacy. The NBDA is a nonprofit supported by the membership of participating retailers and industry partners. If you are not already a member, you can learn more and join at nbda.com. This is Chad Picard, NBDA board member, owner of Spoken Sport in South Dakota, and I'm thrilled to chat with our guest today. Today, we'll be talking about vendors working with retailers for success. Some of you may have seen SRAM in the news recently with their new Eagle transmission. Some of you may have even been part of the launch of the transmission. We're going to do a bit of a deep dive on the launch and the success that it brought to SRAM and its retailers. So without further delay, let me introduce you to Troy O'Donnell from Angry Catfish up in Minneapolis and Dan Jennings from SRAM. So without further delay, let me introduce you to Troy O'Donnell from Angry Catfish up in Minneapolis and Dan Jennings, who works for SRAM. Good morning, guys. Morning. Good morning, Chad. How are, how are you guys doing today? Awesome. It's a beautiful day. It, it I is. here, but... Good nonetheless. The, the farmers need the rain, right? <laughs> Proper spring. Yeah. So we, Nebraska's already six inches tall. Yeah. It's <laughs> going to be really tall by Ragbri. Oh, you bet. It better be hot. They, they say you can actually hear it grow. I, I've yet <laughs> to experience that. So for our listeners, I, I've actually known Dan for quite a while. He was a rep of mine, and I've worked with him with some RAGBRAI events and then now some NBDA stuff. But Dan, for our listeners, just give me like a brief bio of who you are and what you do. Uh, thanks, Chad. So I've actually been in the bicycle business, I guess, for, well, since 1989. So what would that be? 34 years now. Uh, I got started at a small retailer, and the story behind that is, you know, I had an old Schwinn Traveler and it needed a true on the back wheel and it was going to cost too much money. So I bought a cheap spoke wrench, trued it up. Next time I was in the shop, the service manager looked at it and hired me. So nice. here we are, what, 34 years later. But I, So I spent 14 years working at in all phases of bicycle retail at two different stores in the Omaha area and then worked for 19 years as an independent rep for some key brands. So you've been around the block. I have, yeah. And I just started with SRAM. So I am the uh, also the Midwest Regional Field Guide Manager. It's a team of four covering 12 states from the Dakotas to Ohio. Our goal is really to help our retailers navigate all the resources SRAM offers, including education, you know, support in social media, financial and business side, of course, because it's a little bit stressful out there right now. It is. Yeah. And, and and I'll come back to that in a little bit, but uh, awesome. Uh, Troy, you're, you're up at Angry Catfish up in Minneapolis. It's a store I'm very familiar with. You've Angry Catfish has changed a bit over the years. There used to be a coffee shop in there and some food, and, and I would stop there to grab my coffee when I come and go from that area. But t- tell me a little about your, your background. Yeah. So currently the sales manager at Angry Catfish and background is Similar start to Dan, not as many years in the industry, obviously. 
So start off at a local shop up here in 2018, kind of used that as a gateway to just meet people in a new city. And it quickly turned from hobby to passion to career. So I spent a little bit of time for there with Salsa doing some of the demos, races, media, wearing a bunch of hats sort of thing up until I guess COVID and then kind of made the pivot back to retail and been with Catfish for about two years now. Awesome. And and your role again there is? Yeah, sales manager there. Okay. Yep. And so daily job, you're just a, give me a brief description of your, what you do on yeah, a daily basis. A little bit of everything now. So definitely with the weather turning, we are doing a lot more events. So managing some group rides, working directly with some brands. So similar basis, like we are with SRAM right now. Yeah. A little bit of a custom bike building, which is always a fun thing to take on. And yeah, wearing wearing lots of hats. Awesome. He's selling himself short a little bit. He's also responsible for community out, outreach and supporting lo- other local organizations. Troy does a lot there. <laughs> awesome. That's that's it's great to hear that from you, Dan, about about Troy. Yeah. So we're we're talking today that the MBDA we have a, a best practices committee, and and we're we're using that to committee that committee to really kind of bridge the gap between retailer and vendors. We we know that for our industry to succeed, we need both of those teams working together. And so today we're talking about we're we're, we're talking about a, a new product and a, and a new campaign that SRAM had. It's a it's a new transmission. I've I've got mine in a in a box next to me and I'm super excited to install it. But Dan, give me just a, a brief description of that new transmission and what it is. So our listeners kind of kind of get an idea of the the physical things we're talking about. So yeah, we went we went live with three groups, uh, three new Eagle transmission groups: XXSL, XX, and then XO. Uh, there's really the main energy behind it is the ability to shift when you want, how you want. So what that means is that you don't have to pre-shift going into a hill or you don't have to let up on the pedals a little bit to make that shift. Does that make sense to you guys? Does to me. Yeah. So in doing so, we, we created a system that mounts directly to the axle, no derailleur hanger. It's incredibly robust, incredibly strong. We've eliminated high-low limit screws, B-gap screws, and made it incredibly easy to set up as well. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah, and and if you if you're on a on a social media anywhere and you like bike stuff, you've probably seen it in your feed and and maybe friends talking about it and bike stores talking about it. So it, it's a little. So you guys brought this out this campaign with the help of retailers. Also saw a lot of retailers teasing it and things like that. We're going to talk to to Troy a second about that process and what that was like. But years ago, it, it was completely different. Like you'd you'd be working in the shop and and working on uh, a bike and a customer would come in and it's like, oh my gosh, have you seen the new frame by so-and-so or the new hub by so-and-so? And and it like, we've, I think we've all been in that position where it's like, uh, uh, you know, like you're trying to flip through the latest magazine that just came from the mailman and you're, you know, it's, it, it's frustrating because at, at one time you're supposed to be the authority on this project, but you're not because you're, you're left on your heels trying to like, fill in the blanks with something you don't know about. So you, you SRAM created this new, this created this campaign. Uh, tell me a little bit about kind of the roots of that, Dan. 
So you had mentioned you and I go back quite a ways. I, I, you, you got a hold of me quite a few times about product launches as they happened, and hey, we need awareness. We need to know about this stuff, right? I, I had over 19 years as an independent rep. I had many, many retailers reach out to me when those launches occurred. So it, in building out and and or in its creation, the new transmission launch, having retailers join in what we call the pre-launch process, we, we felt was a critical component to success. And, you know, the, the reasoning behind this is this is, an, this is an all new, you know, idea. This is an all new product that people have never experienced before. And we need, we need that retail support, not only in terms of the product itself, but how it installs, you know, how it sets up all of that. Probably some of the key reasoning behind collaboration here is that we, we do connect with retailers that are in that segment. You know, this is obviously a, a mountain bike product. So we want to make sure that retailer is connected in that, you know, mountain bike community with mountain bike riders. We also look at, you know, you know, what is that integration in the community? What is the outreach? Are they participating, you know, with, with local trail organizations and are they out there, you know, supporting events in the, in the writers and community and all of that? So we really built out this, what I think is a thoughtful process that brings in retailers that wanted to engage. So we're, we're, we're going to talk about that process. We're going we're gonna to have Troy share a little bit about what that's like as a retailer. Um, and then we'll talk to Dan a little bit about it, kind of a little bit more about their side of it. So uh, Troy, sitting in your seat as sales manager. Tell me about that campaign. Like, how, how were you introduced to it? G- give me just kind of the, the the initial reaction to the maybe the first email or phone call or, or whatever it was. Yeah, it was actually kind of a bit of an impromptu visit from from Dan and Emily at Tram, kind of making the rounds and kind of happened to have a little bit of a mock up on the on the laptops there. So we were kind of having a look over it and kind of got the download. You know, it's it's in the pipeline. It's going to be soon. And from there, the kind of conversation started of the transmission launch. And, you know, you you see something in a 3D rendering and it is really hard to kind of imagine what it looks like in person. I think we've all been there. But, you know, you're at the cutting edge of something. You're at the forefront. It's pushing the envelope. And I mean, Catfish is a shop that always wants to have, you know, a cool niche thing, whether that's old or new we like to have you know something to to show folks and you know it's it's a campaign that shram has designed with retailers in mind for sure and i think that is one of the best things about working with them as a partner is it's not you know here's the here's the copy that you can post and here's a file full of images it's always what do you guys want to do here it is you know, how do you want to present it to the world and your communities? And that's kind of the fun thing. So you always get to start, you know, having the wheels turning and spitballing ideas of, you know, all right, well, we got this thing and what are we going to do with it? And yeah, that's always kind of the the nice thing with kind of presenting that to the folks that, you know, you want to be pushing this product to and kind of making it known like, hey, this new thing exists. And and putting your own personal touch on it is just kind of the cherry on top for sure. So yeah, so you you're were you able to create pictures and stuff beforehand, or did, did were you like boxes closed? 
So we were we were honest about it. We didn't touch uh, the box until the morning of. And All right. I mean, to be honest, the the video that we put together was quite comical, but it was also a hey, we need to make this announcement like now and we are just opening it. <laughs> And we haven't really figured out what we want to do yet. So it was a lot of back and forth. And a lot of it just involved wanting just to destroy the box, to be honest. <laughs> we're like, in which ways can we smash this thing and, and have some fun? So, I mean, we kind of ended up just combining ideas. So it's like, all right, let's hit it with a bike. Let's throw it off the roof. Let's hit it with an axe. And, you know, going through some of the comments and whatnot from the Instagram posts, it's like, you can, you can tell it resonates. We're definitely not a shop that takes ourselves too seriously. You know, we, we like to have fun. We like to have it not so serious and uptight. So being able to do those things, I think we have a lot of fun with it. And I think a lot of people like the way we can kind of, you know, present it in a different light. Cool. Dan, did you have something to add? Yeah, I mean, we so we basically gave, you know, Angry Catfish the crate, right? We shipped it to you guys, what, four days in advance you received it. We didn't really give them any instructions other than just don't open it until 9 a.m. on the 21st. And that was the beauty of it. They, You got to do that, you know, and, and really curate the experience how you saw fit. And that's that's what we want. You guys did a great job of that. But going back just a little bit. You, these guys invested a lot of time in this new product because they attended webinars, you know, on 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 the product itself, on technology, on terminology, and then also webinars and clinics on installation and setup. So, Angry Catfish, a lot of people within that organization invested a lot of time in this launch, and that's what made it all special. Is it, it really aligned very very well between us and Angry Catfish? So how how far before that release date were these conversations happening with with the retailers and either Troy or Dan? Like Troy, when did you get that that communication? When when Dan and Emily stopped by? Yeah, so at the time they stopped by, it was more so just this product's coming. There was nothing of hey, we have this launch thing. We want you to be a part of it. Was more so just like no, this product exists and will be coming. And it probably wasn't until maybe a month or so before-ish, I want to say, that we started getting the inklings of, you know, hey, we, we're doing this launch. It's going to be unique. You're going to be able to present it in the way you want to do it. And kind of here's the stipulation, which was, you know, 9 a.m. is that thing stays closed, which, you know, that's kind of a non-issue and kind of the standard that we're all accustomed to at this point. So it's like, yep, where do I sign? Let's <laughs> so uh, was it the same time across the US, like 9 a.m. Central? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, so maybe a, a better question, like, Troy, how much snow was on the ground when you got this? <laughs> a disappointing amount. Yeah. <laughs> Too much to be thinking of trails that we'd be dry and ready to ride. So yeah. There is a, like a bit of a, this like disconnect being in Minneapolis sometimes where everyone seems to be so much further ahead weather-wise. Yeah. It's in a different point in the season where like, you know, people are riding year round or, you know, on that cusp. And it was, a, it was a long enough winter here that it was hard to kind of fathom the fact that, you know, this was going to happen at, at that time frame. But yeah, I mean, we're, we do a lot with like, you know, Allied and Moots and like, we always got custom builds year round. So sure. 
which I think that's kind of where where something like this kind of has the most, you know, utility and kind of makes the most sense. So yeah, it's something that's pretty easy to to make happen for sure. All right. So uh, this drivetrain, this transmission doesn't fit on everything. It's it's a it's not a seat bag or a stem cap or a new, I don't know, lighter pedal or something. It, it it only fits on a couple or only fits on a specific bike that has the the UDH hanger. Was there any concern of like, oh, this isn't relevant because it's not going to fit on anything. It's going to fit like one or two bikes or, or what, what what were you seeing? What was the response from your your customers or maybe even your staff as you're as you're looking at this new thing? Yeah, I think for for us as a shop, like you're looking at something and again, it's there's always something new and it always gets adopted or it gets ousted. And it's pretty clear that Tram has a pretty good track record on those things sticking. And I think UDH does everyone a, a huge favor in a lot of ways and taking the guessing game out of the hundreds, if not thousands of options of rear derailers. So, you know, even if you're having to get a single adapter, you know, on a UDH bike to run something else, it's fine, but that's one option. So I think having that standard in place is still something that is pretty easy to, to see that's going to be adopted by the bike industry. So for us, it was kind of a non, non-issue, especially, like I said, like we do a lot with Allied, their BC40 is a great looking bike and that's has udh so it's kind of like we already in our head i think married the two of like these are going to go hand in hand and this makes so much sense so for us it was like yeah this is this is it so we've got it we've got to talk about the staff what what was you know we've got all sorts of employees we've got our you know that our employee that's in a dark corner in the basement we don't put in front of anybody and he just he or she just fixes bikes and then we've got the you know, maybe the cheerleader type of technician or what have you, was there, was there pushback from employees? Like, nah, this is new technology. We don't need it. So I, you know, we solved all those problems when we had friction shifters on our, on our Schwinn Traveler. What, what was the employee feedback like? Employee feedback was good. I mean, you're, you're never going to please everyone. There's always going to be a bit of a purist and, you know, someone that likes the tradition and, you know, nothing will ever need to change. But the fact of the matter is, I think, it has a place in cycling. It will become kind of the next thing as we've already seen with the launch of Axis. That was, you know, something that built a big catalyst up until GX. And then as soon as we hit it there, same with Rival, you know, when you get to those price points, there's a lot more people that becomes accessible to and are kind of interested in. So I think transmission really just piggybacked that and kind of upped it one more. So I think you know, the the foundation was laid with Axis, and I don't think it's anything that is going to be a crazy departure from what's already being established and we're kind of building up to. So from a staff perspective, everyone was excited. There was actually one person that was probably a little bit bummed that they uh, had their BC40 built up with old Axis uh, before the launch and kind of missed out. But yeah, I think everyone's just kind of excited super interested in it and can't wait to see it get on some bikes on the floor. So release day, it's, it's approaching 9am on the excitement level of like a tooth fairy to Christmas morning. I don't, I don't know if you guys get excited about tooth fairy, but I always did. (laughs) Christmas was much more, much more exciting for me. What, what was the, 
the, the excitement level in the shop? Do you have employees coming in early? Do you have, you know, hanging out front, waiting for someone to open the door? What, what was that like? We definitely showed up early that day. And I think part of that was to suss out how we were actually going to launch this thing. So there was maybe like an original frantic feeling of like, we got to do this thing justice and we got to make this right. And then after that, it was a lot of just like, you know, drooling over this thing that we're having sitting at the front of the shop and everyone's just like pulling out consistently all day because it's like, oh, is that the, that's the new transmission. It's like, yep, yep. So we have it kind of sitting in our display case up front and center and a lot of people wanting to go in and put hands on that and check it out. So I think there's a lot of people that were extremely interested in that right from the jump of just whether from curiosity or or serious inquiries, but it was definitely getting enough attention even at 9 a.m. that there was people that were were kind of you know eager to to check it out. And I'm imagining certainly a security guard, velvet ropes, <laughs> maybe a laser system. Did 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 anybody try and like sneak a peek before the day of? No, we had uh, okay. we had a wax seal still over the over the screws. Right. We, were, we were good about it. So I think as soon as like that initial kind of out of box, it did take a little bit of like, all right, let's. We have obviously mechanics too, so mechanics gotta look it over, check everything out, and see you know how it's mounting up. The oversized like blue wheels are so you know there's there's kind of checking out what's what's different about this from Axis and kind of how it's going to be differentiated. So those people were probably the most interested for sure, just as let's see what this is all about. And then I think sales was a close second of just, I want to put this on something and ride it. Yeah. Have you signed up for Ride It Daily Extended Service yet? What are you waiting for? It's the extended service plan for your customers that pays you your shop rate for extended service and warranty claims. Rides is only available to NBDA members and it's only available at nbda.com. Full disclosure, I, I would have been trying so hard to get a sneak peek. I would have tunneled under something from the next building over. I don't think you have a building next to you, but I, I'd, I'd have figured it out. And so, so you like, you're finally, you're, you, you got the countdown timer, I'm sure going, you probably got like a t-shirt gun and fireworks, whatever. What was it like when you opened it up? Did you have, did you have an opening for customers as well at 9am? And so, so everybody got to see it? So yeah. So basically, as soon as we finished kind of our, our launch through the social media channels, which to be honest, I was kind of shocked that and I woke up that morning and there's people already posting about, I was like, how is that even possible? Like this just happened. <laughs> so I was like, all right, we, we got to get moving on this thing. But yeah, I mean, as soon as that finished, we pretty much had it front and center for, for people to have a look at. And I mean, the unboxing of that thing, I think we were surprised how burly the case it came in was, to be honest. I mean, if you kind of go through our Instagram video, it gets thrown off the roof and I think it barely makes a dent and bounces and off of it. So that thing was pretty overbuilt. I don't think security was needed for, for anything. I don't think anyone was getting in there. Again, I would have found a way. <laughs> <laughs> Much to Dan's chagrin. Awesome. I, I mean, I love the excitement built around a product that's going to solve problems. It's going to, you know, it's, I think back, you know, maybe 10, 15 years, maybe 10 years, you know, the iPhone launched, you know, lines out the store and just that excitement and 
and wrapping that up around a uh, you know the bike, which I, th- I think I can say we all love and 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 want to do more, and then you know having staff and customers get excited about it. And you, you mentioned all of the social media, which is great because if if I'm looking to buy something and every bike store is like on board, like just going crazy about this new product, I'm gonna get excited. We're going to switch over to Dan a little bit to talk about the the vendor side of things. You know, there's there's a campaign we've talked a little bit about already, and, and it was created. But give me a rundown of the of the creation of this transmission and like the development. I mean, we've the the UDH has been around for a while. You know, do we do we need the UDH? Do we need this this different transmission? So give me give me some details about that. So yeah, so we. Basically, the typical, you know, life cycle for a product is four to five years. So previous generation, our XX and X01 Eagle drivetrain product, that launched in March of 2016. So actually seven years ago. Shortly after that, that's when the the concept of the universal derailleur hanger was really discussed. That's going to, you know, the bike manufacturers and saying, hey, we have this idea. And, you know, as just like Troy said, it was almost universally embraced, we'll say. Everybody loved the concept of a universal derailleur hanger. The reality for us is, as you know now, that was a Trojan horse. What we really needed was that space, that that critical uh, dimension in the frame so that we could mount a rear derailleur to the through axle. That's really That was our end game. As far as engineering and design goes, that's, that was our end game. Uh, we could circle back because really the end game was what I said at the beginning. We, we wanted a product that would shift when you want and shift how you want it to shift. The other side of it is we, we spend a lot of time, you know, talking internally, talking about what we call writer persona. And the idea being that, hey, we have writers that are out there that are, you know, weekend warriors that are, you know, are emerging enthusiasts, you know, all the way up to that performer that measures every gram and every millimeter on their fit and on their bike. And really what we wanted was a product that could speak to every one of those personas. So that weekend warrior, the idea here is that, hey, if you accidentally drop your bike on the drive side, for instance, you don't have to worry about a bent hanger. That's not going to happen with this drivetrain. You can just pick it up and go along the day as if nothing ever happened. But then we get up to that, you know, that performer that every other ride, there's a number on their bike and they know that in the middle of a tough climb or if they, you know, spin it on a rock or something and they need to make a shift, that they don't have to change their cadence. They don't have to change their power input, that they get great consistent performance. And that's not it's not taking away from from how they finish an event. So that, that was another goal in that whole process. And so eventually you have to introduce this thing and mm-hmm. someone says, you know, we're going to throw flyers out of an airplane. We're going to do maybe a Google ad or an email. Was this campaign something you'd seen before? I mean, it's not, I've seen it in other industries. Do you know anything about the timeline with that and how that was created? Yeah. I mean, we, so internally, we, as a team, as a field guide team, we started talking about this campaign, you know, 120 days before the launch and and how it was going to unfold and how it was going to develop. We have an incredible team at SRAM that builds out all this messaging, you know, all the, all the global, you know, the images, the, the content, the copy, all of that. It's incredible. 
our role was to really build out that that local message. And that's where I, I thought this launch was incredibly successful by connecting with retailers like Angry Catfish and, and a few others, you know, across the region. It was just an unbelievable experience. The the different ways in which they brought this product to market, you know, from a creative perspective, but also, you know, from a professional perspective. Because when we presented this to Troy, we we also had this message that, that basically says, install it our way, write it your way. And everybody held to that standard. You know, they they they've stood strong in terms of how this product installs and compatibilities and, and all the messaging that's out there. But they just presented it in a way that really, you know, speaks their language and their community to their writers. You you brought up the term local. Let's let's talk about that for a second. What mm-hmm. Troy can show off this derailleur, of course, after he's opened it up, he can show it off at the local trails in Minneapolis. He can show it off in, in you know downtown or, or to landmarks and stuff like that. What what other things does the local retailer provide that that SRAM needs from them? More than more than at least, and this is just my opinion. So I'll, we'll we'll leave it at that. Sure. More than anything, it's it's that connection. It's that. You know, being out there with the writers, you know, we talk about this all the time. You, you can have a great business and, and you know, how we, how we function in, in the communities and with our writers has changed dramatically. Being out there at the trailhead or being, you know, supporting group rides, just being a part of the local community is a big part of the experience. And so the, the retailers we did connect with on this uh, particular launch we, we strongly felt had a great connection in their community. Um, and then localizing, because they, honestly, Troy, I, I don't know that you really changed any of our messaging. You just said it in a different way. And that may not make any sense at all, but you, you nailed, you guys nailed it. You know, you just did it differently than us, but the message stayed the same. So. Yeah. I think like our job as a retailer is, to communicate things to our audience. Like as a retailer, we are not SRAM and our messaging shouldn't be SRAM. We shouldn't be just an echo chamber of, you know, SRAM told us this and we're just relaying a message. We need to be educated on it. We need to know what it does and how it does it, but it is not our job to be SRAM. So I think using those local retailers throughout the country, that's really where you start to see these kind of nuances and even just how it's applied and how people are riding and how they're using it. You know, there is multiple applications, whether that's, you know, working at the trail level, working at XC, you know, there's so many different disciplines and there's a group set for it. And I think each person is going to be kind of placing that a little bit differently as well. So I think, you know, our our voice should not be the same as SRAMs. And I think that's kind of, you know, one of the fun things about partnering with them on stuff like this is we get to have our personality kind of shine through and, you know, a product's just a vessel to do that. Awesome. Yeah. And so I would add one thing is, you know, SRAM has very, you know, we have six different values within our organization and our partners really carry those same values. And, and the four that I hold pretty high are integrity, passion, collaboration, and commitment. So I, you know, I would describe angry catfish it, using all four of those words, right? And really, most most all retailers in this country, I would describe that way. So that that's what 
that's what makes these connections, these collaborations special. So local local retailers definitely important, especially with projects like this. Absolutely. So, did you sell a group set? So we did not. We did not oh. sell our power metered version yet. All right. We've had a long wait of BC 40s, and that is kind of the ticket right now. So transmissions kind of in those early stages. And I think we're kind of yet to see it on a lot of stock bikes. And that's kind of the holdup right now. So I think as soon as we start to see that trickle through, so like we have our first XX transmission BC 40 coming in and the kit just arrived this week. So, you know, they're, they're on the doorstep. And I think as we see that, that thing's going to move. No problem. We're not worried about that one, but it's interesting to see kind of this, you know, it's common in bike industry across the board, but it's, you know, you have this build up to a launch and then it's almost a little bit of that like suspenseful weight of like, I have to have it now. And it's just not there yet. You see it with bike launches all the time, you know, the day of day of launch and you feel, you know, 10, 15 phone calls of people looking, and then you're trying to find ETAs and you're like, oh, that thing's, you know, it's a month out. And that's just so common that it's become the norm. And transmission, I think, is we've seen a little bit of that same thing, you know, happen there where we have a lot of eagerness around it, but it's kind of on that early stage where as soon as that's going to be coming on those bikes, people are going to be hungry for it. Yeah, you you mentioned, I mean, availability, obviously, that's been on our minds for the last few years. Trying to get product during the last few years has been difficult. Dan, you mentioned the launch of this was, you know, 120 days or so before and and obviously the project started, you know, design and and all of that. At, at some point during the last couple of years, was there fear of not being able to release it because of lack of resources, being able to deliver the product, being able to get production time overseas, things like that? Yeah, I mean, we we've had a little bit of uh, disruption in the last couple of years in terms of supply chain, you know, the manufacturing process, all that, and I, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. But, the pandemic. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you know, I spoke to it earlier. Our, our typical, you know, launch cadence is every four to five years. So obviously we're seven years past, you know, from Eagle drivetrain to Eagle transmission. Um, so that has, we'll, we'll say, to some degree helped in development. It gave us more time. But we, you know, we really couldn't start manufacturing a brand new product at a time when we it was impossible to deliver product that had been on had been on order for six months, twelve months, and so on, so we really had to push back. You know, not only transmission but a few other new product launches till we we felt our uh, manufacturing process stabilized. Okay. Yeah. So Dan, we this the campaign was created. Shops. Mm-hmm bought it they they kept it hidden they didn't sneak peeks they they released it, it it's kind of like uh, maybe watching a rocket launch you know when, when is the success is it when it leaves the pad is it when it delivers a satellite like at like what was your indicator that the the transmission release was a success that that retailers executed something successfully what was your your metric your indicator you know there, there's a lot of things we we like to use you know, the terminology sales is an outcome of, of you know, solid work, solid effort, you know, and, and the impact we made. So the success points come more from the collaboration that we had with our pre-launch partners and then day up. So 
we not only partner with retail, but we we do partner with the OE reps out there as well to make sure that they're informed as the product goes live. Troy spoke to this. You know, there's a number of OE brands that will have bikes coming this summer, likely MY24 bikes, and we want to make sure they're prepared to speak to it. So our pre-launch activity and then day of launch activity, those are metrics for us. You know, how, what was the participation in those webinars? The, the day of launch webinar for us was the most successful webinar we've ever had. It was attended, if we just go by views, roughly 40% of the retailers in the country were on that launch webinar. Awesome. So that, that's super impressive. You know, considering it's it was at 9 a.m. Central, that means we had retailers on the West Coast get up at 7 a.m. to watch this webinar. Uh, that was a big one. Obviously, the messaging that's out there. And then we start to look at, you know, what are people talking about? Because, you know, you like to think it's predictable, but it never is. And so it was fun listening to and, and reacting to all the social media discussion that was out there. Sales, we we did know. You know, we we could have a whole another podcast on supply chain, right? We did know that bikes weren't necessarily going to be their day of launch. That would always be perfect if we had, you know, product in the warehouses, we had bikes ready to ship, you know, or even sitting on the dealer floor the day of a launch. But we knew that wasn't going to happen. So th- this, you know, the efforts that we put into place leading into the launch and then, you know, shortly after the launch, uh, we're not done. There's still more to come, you know, throughout the summer. So it, we'll see a little more discussion about new transmission here over the next couple months. Yeah, looking forward to it. So you you really can't say success or not. So I mean, there's a long term play or a long long play on it that you still haven't realized. It's still a, a very new product, Troy. Looking at this this campaign and this excitement around the shop, are you planning on changing anything at Angry Catfish and how maybe you release a new bike model or maybe new service or anything like that? No, I think on our end, nothing really changes. It's it's a new product, but it's really going to be, for us at least, the same old, same old. So I don't think from an approach, it requires anything unique. I think the product in and itself is kind of self-explanatory. It's a premium product that is going to be performance-based to give you the best riding experience possible. And that's kind of it in a nutshell. So I think for us, it's just kind of, you know, we have a lot of different wants and needs that come through the shop on a daily basis, and it isn't going to be for everyone. You know, you mentioned there's going to be the people that want 10-speed friction shift, and that's fine if that's your jam. But, you know, that's this isn't going to be for everyone but for us it's you know we're going to have the people that want that and uh and having it on hand and available and knowing how to talk about it how to position it how to service it that's all stuff that is just kind of the the typical catfish way of just being on the ball when it comes to things like that awesome so i've got a couple takeaways first thing we need we need local or vendors need local rather you know the the Bike retailers, I'm I'm going to make an assumption is probably the biggest distribution channel for for vendors. Excitement, like it's like, I mean, I was watching all the social media, like seeing the shops release stuff differently and and how they do it and how they presented it and and just their excitement, like that level of excitement made me excited and and, and I hope it sounds like made other people excited because you you sold some some new bikes out of that and it sounds like you have some on on back order as well, but 
also retailers and vendors working together for the success of our, our bike industry, I, I think is a huge, uh, a huge opportunity for us to grow our industry, to, to get that, you know, an early adopter of things, get them excited about something and get them on a bike again, or, or maybe even keep them on a bike. What, uh, what takeaways do you have? Do you, either of you have from this campaign and this launch and, and things that you're maybe even still curious about over the next couple of months? Yeah, I mean, for for us, it's great to have, you know, a brand that is so invested for the success of a dealer. I think, you know, to to Dan's credit, they've been extremely great at kind of communicating, setting up webinars, making sure we have the tools and the information needed to to make this a successful launch, to be able to do, you know, the the product justice and, you know, not just the transmission, but really just at a shop level in general, just making sure we have the tools and support that we need and kind of to best serve our community. So that's something that is, you know, been a common theme, but just kind of continued to shine through through this process. Yeah. And those those tools and resources, I mean, if it's an image or a, a document or even like yeah, like training, the training seminars, yeah. the in-shop visits, the, you know, just always taking the time to kind of field questions and answers. So just really just making themselves available to to help you through that, that even just day-to-day stuff. So it's been a pretty refreshing experience for sure. And Dan, any a big takeaway from the campaign or something you're still maybe curious about moving forward? Well, both you guys nailed it. It really comes down to the the partnerships that we've created, you know, through campaigns like this and and through the, you know, the retailers we visit on a daily basis. That That is what's most important to us. We see the stresses, right? We've been through three years where not any one of those years was the same and yet incredibly stressful. And we're not done yet. We, we've got another, you know, we've got a lot of unknowns coming up in this summer. It's been a, it's still a stressful time, but things are settling and things are getting better. We focused on collaborative, you know, product launches like this. We're focused on making sure, you know, all retailers have, have the tools they need to be successful. And we're there to complement those efforts. That's, that's really what it comes down there, down to for us. So from, from that perspective, the last thing I would say, you know, this, this launch was hugely successful because of that. We, we, we developed great partnerships. We, we built on the partnerships we already had. And I believe we have great momentum going into the summer and the long-term future. So there you go. So it's a success then. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. I, guys, I just want to thank you for, for the time, taking the time out of your day to join me on the podcast. I, I know... Again, people want to hear about working together with their with their vendors. They they want success. They want to create, you know, whether it's a a bike store or a vendor. Like we all want to succeed in this industry. We all love bikes, and we all want to get more people on on bikes. So I really appreciate taking the time out of your day to spend with me, and look forward to catching up with both of you maybe in a month or two and seeing uh, where things have gone from today. Sounds good. Thank you, Chad. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Bicycle Retail Radio. This podcast is designed specifically for the bicycle industry, dedicated to strengthening our retailers and cycling community. If it's your first episode, we urge you to take time and listen to our past episodes. Support the show by first subscribing, then share your favorite episode with friends online. 
you can go one step further and leave a review. It helps members of our industry find our podcast. Special thanks to NBDA Development Director, Rochelle Scouten, for the editing and promotional graphics. Thank you for listening to Bicycle Retail Radio. This podcast is designed specifically for the bicycle industry, dedicated to strengthening our retailers and cycling community. If it is your first episode, we urge you to take the time and listen to our past episodes. Support the show by first subscribing, then share your favorite episode online with friends. You can go one step further and leave a review. It helps members of our industry find our podcast. Special thanks to NBDA Development Director Rochelle Scouten for editing and promotional graphics. Music provided by Joel Picard.